to another amazing, beautiful, fantastic episode <laughs> of Girls to Women podcast. I am Renee. And I am beautiful, fantastic, Maria. <laughs> hey, we like that. <laughs> well, we gotta change that it up sometime. Too much. I know, I saw your face, you were like, Yo, girl, calm your ass down. Is she gonna say the name of the podcast or what? (laughs) Well, we are fantastic. We, you know, we have definitely, 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 and this fall vibes. Mm -hmm. I can stay home, cozy, watch movies. My nights are not painful anymore. There you go. I I showed you my pictures of uh, when I watched This Is Us, eh? Oh yeah! I watched. Oh my god, guys! Oh, I finished that long time ago. It took. It's been a year and a half. I'm watching This Is Us season one because <laughs> I am crying every time I watch. If uh, I watch uh, two episodes, uh-huh. my face it looked like I was a kid who just got his ass whooped, and you know who cries like <gasps> like yeah. I was. Crying, my face was all swollen and my tears rolling down my cheeks. And I'm like, this is why it's been a year and a half. I'm watching this show. Yeah. I no, I watched that show. Like, I take a full night. I just <sighs> watched that last Friday. I did that, and what I cried all night. Like, you see, I can't night, and it was just like, okay, tonight I'm gonna stay home and cry. <laughs> this was the plan for the night. Right. That was my Friday night. Good for and you. Don't even call me for to have fun. No, 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 no. <laughs> I already planned to be sad on Friday night. And you know, it's it's a mix of heartwarming and um, sad. It's not. It it is sad, but it's it's such a like. Normal show, people going through their lives. Mm-hmm. You but know, we don't see it all the time. No, we don't we see it all see the time. Happy times. Yeah, and I like that. You know, they did the flashback from uh, past, present, mm-hmm. and stuff. But yo, I cried my ass off, man. I I can't. No, I love this is us, and I new I saw a new season. I mm-hmm. I think I even told you I was like, hey, there's a new season. Yeah, today. you told me that. So that night and the day before, I watched it all. Nah, and I think I finished like two episodes while I was uh, on my bike because I have a stationary yes. bike. So I just put it there. And I'm like, as long as this takes, I'm gonna watch this is us, and it is what it is. Like that's it. That's so I it? finished that a long time ago. Now I moved on to the new episode season, uh, uh, the new season of uh, Modern Family. Yeah. So I'm about to finish that. And then I have to watch Foster. So I have, you know, my whole schedule yeah. of shows to watch that I never finished. You're a binger. Yeah. But also, <laughs> like, it's important to know that I work from home. Mm-hmm. So I have, like, screen on screen on my computer. Yeah. So I have Netflix on one corner, and I do my job on the two other screens. <laughs> so convenient. <laughs> so I have so much free time. Then at the end of the day, what I do, my second job, and but this time in front of the TV. Cool. So I have, like, the whole screen on my TV, you know? Cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, Netflix fan number one here. <laughs> That's why she does the Netflix Rex, guys. That's actually the reason why. I even got Amazon Prime lately. Oh, I haven't. I have. I started watching uh, Little Flies. Bruh, can you share the password? I want to watch Rihanna's uh, fashion show. Yeah, it's only the Prime month, the free Prime month that Amazon gives. Wait a minute. If I'm Prime, because I'm Amazon Prime, can I get Amazon Prime video? Bruh. Believe. Bruh. Oh, all this time. Oh, this time has been two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have access. Damn. Oh, please. 
So, do you want to talk about our episode today? Yes, yes, yes. So, like you guys know, we're in the month of October. One of the most wonderful time of the year. Because it's her birthday. Not just that. I do like fall. And, you know, the colors changing in the leaves. Why looking at me like that? No, I'm just... I mean, I can't see any other month better than July. But sure, go ahead. Right. So... Like you guys know, we're in the month of October, which is um, the breast cancer month. Um, we decided to do a few episodes uh, when we're talking about uh, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had an interview with an amazing foundation. and sweet, yeah. Yeah, and today we're having another amazing, beautiful, uh, heartwarming, eye-opening uh, interview with a young woman called Stephanie Alexander Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a cancer survivor, a young woman. Uh, she's a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. And she talked to us through all her whole experience of having uh, breast cancer for three years and been in remission. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's very interesting. So hope very, you guys very. stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Well, good morning, Stephanie. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing this morning? <laughs> Tired, but alive. <laughs> <laughs> like we said, thank you for um, taking the time to uh, have this beautiful interview with us. Thank you. For we, truly, we truly appreciate it. <laughs> so talk to us about yourself. Who are you? Oh my God. You know that question? Every time I have a job interview, I always, I'm like, uh. Uh, who am I? <laughs> who am I? It's like the question that no one can answer. Um, who am I? I'm um, I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm a workaholic. I am a breast cancer survivor. I am an artist. I'm um, I'm a forever a little girl <laughs> who believes in magic and wants to see the good in people. And no, we are. Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um like you were saying so you're a breast cancer survivor mm-hmm. how did you realize or what made you realize something was off or something was wrong um, well i was 27 um and at some point in my life i was like you know we get a we're going to do something. You're in your late 20s. Let's do this. Life is supposed to be awesome. So at 27, uh, I was at a peak in my life. You know, my career was going well. I had um, wonderful, you know, people in my life, friends, family. Everything was awesome. Like, you know, the life. Yeah. yeah. The life with a capital L. So everything was going great. Uh, the year was ending. I think it was in November. Yeah. Um, I was taking a shower and I just felt something in my left, uh, left breast. The thing is, I'm, I'm really, I don't, you know, people talked about, uh, breast examination, you know, being careful about your body, noticing what changes or not. But to be honest with you, I've never, I've heard that many times, you know, throughout my twenties, but I never, uh, I never knew what to look for. I never knew what was normal, what was not, what was a gland, what was a, I never knew. Nobody never told me. So I just figured, oh, you know, it's just, I don't know. Um, I'm going to have my periods. Maybe something is like just 
sore or whatever. Mm. But um, the days, you know, they went by, the weeks, and then I noticed that it grew. You know, it became harder and bigger and larger mm. and harder. So at some point, I went to my sister. She's a nurse, and I said, um, "Can you feel that? Because this is weird." And <laughs> It was like a family dinner. Everyone was like, oh, gross. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she felt it. And she was like, you know what? It's probably just a cyst. Just go see your doctor. Um, you know, make an appointment and it's it's going to be over. So I went to see my doctor. I'm like, what is this? Um, she examined me and she was like, oh, probably just a cyst again. So I was like, okay. It, it seems pretty normal. She's like, you know what? We're just going to do a mammogram just to be sure. But, you know, you're 27. Yeah. You're fine. So I went to the um, Centre de Radiologie in Montreal and I, you know, I asked for a mammogram. I, I had the, the, the note from the doctor and I remember this and I will always remember this. They said, we can't do one for you because you're under 30. Yeah, so, that's the thing. When you're younger, they, yeah. not that they refuse, but they, they say you're less at risk, but it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Because when I had my treatments, there was a 21 year old next to me oh. with breast cancer. So it doesn't mean anything. Age is not, I know back in the days we used to say, you know, it's women 50 and older. Uh, but nowadays it doesn't mean anything. Age is not a factor anymore. Um, so they refused me actually. I couldn't do mammogram. And wow. uh, yeah, even when my doctor said I have to do it because there's, an unidentified mass in my breast mm -hmm. so at some point after 10 minutes of negotiation they agreed to do um echography so for the echo i went to you know that little dark room uh doctor number one came in did the exam she was like huh okay okay i see um just wait a second i'll be right back doctor number mm -hmm. two walks in checked oh all right very interesting i see i'll be right back doctor number three oh my, oh my god <laughs> after doctor number two you must have and been I, like what the fuck is happening absolutely and then after doctor number three um they all looked at each other and they were they were like you know what well yeah we'll do a mammogram at that moment I like <laughs> oh, at that thanks. very moment i was like okay i'm done i'm fucked <laughs> this oh, is man. it so I did the mammogram. Um, they sent the results to my uh, doctor. And um, yeah, I remember she said, you know what? There's a mass. We don't know what it is. We're just going to do some more tests. So fast forward a month later, after many tests and many um, not so very fun <laughs> biopsies, mm -hmm. um, two weeks after my birthday, they announced that I had the breast. How did yeah. you feel? Um, at first, the first few, ah, it's, it's, it's a, it's like a mix of emotion. It's, it's hard to describe. It's, it's like watching a car accident, but being in it, but still yeah. being able to watch it. Like you're at two places at the same time. You're watching yourself react to something that's happened to you. Jeez. It's, it's really weird. It's, I don't have the words for it, but yeah. Um, First, I cried <laughs> for a good five minutes, and then I went into shock. So I couldn't talk, I couldn't hear, I couldn't speak. I was just blank. So my boyfriend at the time was with me in the, uh, in the doctor's office. So he took all the information, all the pamphlets, all your bro done, everything, you know, the whole plan. But I just blanked. And at some point, 
I just remember walking out of the office and looking at him and we're both in tears and I was like, okay, so this is it. Dude, you have a free pass. You can go now. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you didn't sign up for this and I get it. If you walk out now, we'll stay friends. I will love you to death. We're good, bro. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> you did not sign up for this. And he was like, no, I'm staying. And I told him, if you're staying, you're staying for real. He's like, yeah. So that, yeah, that was day one and of three long years. <laughs> three years. Wow. Damn. And after you, you got the news, like, how did you break the news to your family and friends? The hardest part was um, saying it to my mom and my sister. Because getting the news, yeah, it was hard, but it took me like, what, 30 minutes, an hour? And I was over it. Like, okay, I have cancer. What is the plan? What are we doing? Mm -hmm. I think it's because I'm that way. I've always been a workaholic. So to me, there's never a problem that I can't solve. It's going gonna, it's gonna to require time, effort, resources, but there is nothing that I cannot overcome. I've always mm -hmm. had that mentality. So I just took cancer as a, I don't know. Challenge. A thing yeah. to solve. Like, exactly. A thing to solve. Yeah. I think it was my way to like cope and just move forward and not be depressed and defeated. So I just saw it as like a, a work related problem. Okay. This is the situation. What do we do? What's the plan? What's the next move? But um, you were like proactive about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, I, yeah, I was dreading my mom and my sister's reaction. It was the hardest part for me to tell. Yeah. And to see the look in their face, like, oh my God, my, my child is gonna die. Oh my God, my sister's gonna die, you know? Yeah. So, that was hard. Yeah. Um, knowing like you got breast cancer, telling the process of telling your family, um, what was the, like the next steps, like the doctors, like after you got the diagnosis, what were the steps you had to go through? Well, it was pretty simple. Um, We had a plan, which was, I think, six to nine months. Uh, the plan was, I'm going to get chemo for six months, and then I'm going to have a surgery to remove whatever's left from chemo. And then I may or may not have radiotherapy for like a month, just to make sure that everything's clean. So six to nine months, and then I'm good, life goes on. That was the plan. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, you know what? I can do that. Six to nine months, let's do it. All right, cool. Not yeah. even a year right yeah wrong <laughs> did not go how it was um so i started chemo because the mass was too large and heavy and you know too too big to actually just remove it because it would leave like a huge gap in my natural breast so they decided to shrink it first to okay. remove what's left um started chemo uh the first few rounds of chemo were were pretty okay i mean i wasn't yeah i wasn't feeling anything to be honest with you like i was a little bit tired just a little bit everyone was like oh my god you're gonna see chemo is the worst blah 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 yeah i was just about to ask uh sorry yeah. before you keep going for those who there's no chemo basically is it like um uh something they inject in you yes okay. well actually uh i film the whole process i have a youtube channel it's called Jeanne So it's like a video diary of me going through chemo, me shaving my head, me, you know, the whole thing. Uh, you can check it out if you want. Yeah, But yeah, it's, um, 
you go to the hospital, you sit down like in a comfortable chair. And I love the Jewish hospital for that because I went to Sacré-Cœur first. This is where I got my diagnosis. And it was so creepy. It was like in the basement, no windows, like old people in corners, like moaning. It was not, I mean, no, nobody wants to be there. So I, I switched. I went to the Jewish and my team, oh my God, I have a team. They're absolutely amazing. I love them to death. So every time I would come to the hospital, it was every Friday. Um, my nurse would like welcome me, Stephanie, with this big smile and being Aww. happy. And I would walk in feeling like a queen and be like, oh, what's up, girl? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> they try to make it as um normal. Yeah, as normal as possible. Because, I mean, you know, cancer is, is a is a huge um, chip on your shoulder. So they try to make you feel as normal as possible. So you get in the chair and then... um they plug you with this machine to like monitor your heart rate, make sure that everything goes well. And then, um, they inject you with the Benadryl first because mm-hmm. sometimes if they go straight up with the, it depends on the dose, but if they go straight up with chemo, um, your body can react because it's being attacked. Basically what chemo is, it's poison. Okay. It's literally poison. Mm-hmm. So the, um, the way it works, is they inject you with poison, hoping that the cancer cells are less resistant than your healthy cells, so they will die first. Okay. But everything dies. This is why your hair falls out, your my nails fail out, my hair. I lost everything. I was greenish at some point. Even my my skin color was like, yeah, I looked like an olive. Like I was bald, <laughs> I was green. It was not. So. Yeah, they inject you with poison, hoping that it's just going to kill the cancer cell and not so much the health. So okay. you sit down for like, mine was uh, a combination of two different chemos at the same time. So it was uh, Taxol and Adriamycin. Okay. Adriamycin was a bitch. Taxol, fine. I could handle it, but AAC, um, and, AAC, and that was, oh, sorry, keep going. No, I just wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. AC, once that get, you can feel the thing grow into your veins and going everywhere. Mm. Like it's radiating through your veins. Like, is this like a burning sensation? A little bit, yeah. Okay. It's like someone injecting silver into your veins and then you move and there's like a heat coming out of you and it's, ugh, and you taste metal. Like it tastes, it tastes, it tastes like you have a $2. Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, it was and, <laughs> and that that was um how many months in like you had um that you had that well sorry I'm just gonna redo my question. <laughs> so how many months did you had like chemo chemo for? Um I did six months. First okay. time I had a, a round of six months every week. Mm-hmm. Um so I had yeah. I had Taxol every week, and every two weeks I had Adriamycin, which was and how many times a week? Once a week. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so every two weeks they would double the dose, Taxol and AC, and then the week after it's gonna be just Taxol, and then you know double the dose after. So yeah, I went like this for like uh, yeah a good six months, and in between, uh, you have uh, appointments, you know, with doctors, with physio, with so I was spending my whole life. Yeah. At some point, I would just walk in 
pavilion, everybody would be like, hey, what's up, Steph? I'm like, hey. Like, even the yeah, knew you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As a workaholic, how did this affect you? Because you couldn't, were you able to work? Well, at first, um, yeah, that's what I explained in my videos on YouTube. At first, I didn't want anybody to know. I didn't want pity. I didn't want bad vibes. I didn't want um, people victimizing me. Like, I, I didn't want people in the industry to know. Mm -hmm. So what it, at first, I didn't lose my hair, so I just went to work as usual. Um, I went to auditions. I had a few... Uh, projects that I was in, nobody knew. My agent, she knew because at some point I had to tell her. But um, after a while, I started losing my hair, um, my eyebrows, my eyelashes, my nails. So what I would do um, is to just put on a wig, draw on some eyebrows, put on some, you know, uh, sticky fake nails and just go to work. So I did, I was losing everything else. I didn't want to lose that part of yeah yeah and so what happened with the six to nine months plan after six months uh the doctor was like okay you know what um the the tumor is you know small enough we're gonna go in surgery and remove everything okay so once we leave i was like okay this is the end like finally we're there yeah um so i went into surgery they removed uh the tumor and I think a month after my surgery, I had to go back for checkups to see, you know, how I was doing, blah, blah, post-surgery um, appointment. And he looked at me and he was like, oh, um, Stephanie, I'm so sorry, but there are still cancer cells left. We have to do this all over again. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. And then I had another seven months of treatment. So almost two years. Actually, I have three years of Three years. Wow. Something that was supposed to take six months took three years. So the 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 surgery you got was was it a mastectomy? No, it was a lumpectomy. So okay. lumpectomy is when you do like a little incision to take out the tumor mm -hmm. and then pull it back. Okay. That's the first one that I had, but I had multiple surgeries after that. Okay. And then fast forward three years, you, they they told you you were cancer free finally. Well, actually, you cannot tell someone they're cancer. Once they're on the list, they're on the list forever. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. Well, so they you told you were in remission. There you go. Okay. Um, they can't tell you you're cancer. So, um, remission is five years after uh, the last treatment. So, how it works is the first year or so, um, you have like an 80% chance of recurring. So that's why they can't say you're healed or you're cured or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's always a chance you can come back. The first year or so is 80%. Second year is 50%. Third year is 25. Fourth year, it's 10-ish. And after the fifth year of your last treatment, they can tell you that you're healed. <laughs> but okay. it doesn't mean that you're cancer-free. You know what I mean? So. And how long have you been in remission now? Two years. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys celebrate? I wanted to, but COVID. Uh... Oh, <laughs> I'm 
crap, man. <laughs> so I just drank wine in my apartment. I was like, yeah! <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> How do you feel now that you're, to say I'm a survivor, I went through all that. How do you feel today? I feel stronger. I feel calmer. I feel uh, relieved. Um, and it's crazy because normal people um, won't get this, but I think cancer survivors will get it. Um, when I say cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me, uh, people don't get it mm. because it's uh, it's another life. It's it's. Life it's after near, cancer. Hmm? I was about to say it's a near death experience. It changed your perspective on life. It is. In my case, it is because at some point, after two years and a half, the doctor and multiple surgeries, the doctor came to me and was like, "Okay, um, regarding your type of cancer, we have four treatments. You've done three. None of them work. This is the last one I have. If this one doesn't work." And then he paused. He didn't finish his sentence. So at that moment, <laughs> I shit my pants. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, when I think I've always, you know, kept that um, innocence and joie de vivre and be like, you know what? Just another step. We'll do this. Yeah, we can do that. But when he said that to me, that was the last blow. I was like, okay. Yeah. I might die. Like, I might seriously die. This is it. This is actually it. <laughs> and, you know, some people in life, unfortunately, they don't have um, the, the, the luxury to make a decision to change their life. You know, some of them get into an accident and become paralyzed. Some of them just die. Some of them, I had an opportunity to go through this and choose what my life would be after this. And mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for that. Because every moment, every day, is is a gift it's true it's true i've seen so many people die you know people that i went to chemo with young people that we were sitting next to each other and receiving chemo and talking about what we do after and they're not here anymore and i am so yeah it feels like for three years how you're saying all this for three years it's uh accumulation of bad news and then when you think it's gonna get better it's another bad news and another bad news and just like mm -hmm. the whole accumulation of that and at the end seeing the end seeing the light at the end of the tunnel yeah absolutely and there's a lot of stress um and uh anxiety um that you experience after going through this because you feel the pressure of, they call it the survival, the survivor guilt. Mm -hmm. So many people died. You didn't. So what are you going to do about it? You know, like mm -hmm. you have to live for everyone. You have to, everything has to be times a hundred because now you're alive again. You have a second chance and you have to make, you know, the best of it. So it's a good thing, but it could be a bad thing if you don't, um, if you don't watch out if you don't look out because I know a lot of people went to PTSD and depression and anxiety problems after surviving cancer mm -hmm. so yeah 
Do you go to therapy? I used to. Um, when you go, uh, and this is why I love Jewish Oscar. I love him so much because you have a team. When you go into a treatment, you have uh, a plastic surgeon, you have your oncologist, you have nurse, uh, you also have mental uh, mental health. So they assign you uh, a shrink, a therapist. So mine was following me, you know, throughout the whole process, making sure that I was strong mentally as much as I was physically. So I was totally taken care of. And I'm so grateful for that because she she held my hand sometimes when nobody could because yeah. she knew had the words. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I would feel so um, angry towards everyone because they didn't know how to handle this. They didn't yeah. know how to treat me. They didn't know how to like act around me. And that would piss me off. <laughs> yeah. And I would, you know, I would... And she was there for me at those times, you know. She she just made me um, see the light when it was dark. My God, that's so cute. And that you know, sometimes you just need someone to like hold your hand. You need yeah. You need that Absolutely. like human touch and that that um empathy. Absolutely, yeah. So even after when I was uh, um when my last actually when my last exam became clear. And the results were negative, um, and it was finally over. Even even if it's never over, um, yeah, I remember. I didn't believe it at first because I mean it's been like that for two years. Imagine I tell you, hey, you know what? Next week I'm gonna bring you a gift, and then you come next week. I'm like, ah, nah, sorry, next next week, and then next week, and then you just don't believe it anymore. Yeah. So when my results came back negative, I was like. A bitch, please. Okay, whatever. Like, are we done here? (laughs) I'll see you next month. I know. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. So, Um, when it happened, I really didn't believe it at first. But um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great time. And my, uh, my therapist was there. Everybody was there. The whole team was there. Yeah. How did um, breast cancer affect like your perspective on your femininity and your womanhood well everything changes because um did you felt like less like a woman or because of what was happening to you absolutely especially when we're talking about something as important as breast in a woman's sexuality life uh vision of herself image um attraction like it's Yeah, it's very important. It was to me. I don't know about other women, but my my boots were very important to me <laughs> as a woman. And I loved my cleavage and I loved my, yeah, I loved them. And loved everything about them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And to, to see, I felt betrayed, to be honest with you. I felt betrayed. I was like, seriously? Uh, I mean, if I were to have cancer, why not God cancer or like, Elbow cat, like I don't care, but why my boobs? <laughs> I felt so betrayed. You felt like your your body was like failing you. Absolutely, mm. and the fact that I had to go through surgery and I had to remove them, and because at some point after two years and a half, um, the discussion was, what do we do now? If the the treatments don't work, should we just, you know, do a mastectomy? 
double mastectomy. Double mastectomy. Yes. Okay. So, so you I took did. both. Yeah, we took both out. And at some point, I went through um, reconstruction. So they put, you know, big job. They put implants and make them look real. And to be honest with you, they look fabulous. Okay. Good for you. Oh, I saw I them. <laughs> well, I saw the cleavage. I didn't saw more than that. Okay, thank you. I don't walk well. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> don't worry. I'm not a stalker. I'm not a crazy topless lady in the streets. Nah. <laughs> but yes, I do have a beautiful cleavage now. I would have never told. I don't. Yeah, nobody can tell. To be honest, no, no one can tell. I just have little scars, but from from far away, nobody could tell. And um, they look fabulous. I I I don't have to wear a bra anymore. Oh, damn. I know, right? <laughs> damn, I'm jealous for that. <laughs> I struggle. I don't buy bras anymore. Yeah. Oh, so that's, that's cool. good. That's a positive. That's a positive thing. <laughs> it is. It is. But going through it, at some point, uh, I remember, you know, especially being in a relationship with someone at that time, uh, it was a little bit harder because I had somebody else's expectations also waiting on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to be sexy when you're bald. Your skin is green. You don't have eyebrows and eyelashes. Your nails are falling out. And yeah. You know, try that. (laughs) It's hard. Yeah, at some point I remember like being naked in front of a mirror and looking at myself and be like, okay, this is what you have to work with now. Make it work, girl. Make it work. There you go. But you go through it. You just, you know, you power through. After all you've been through, uh, when do you think you you went from girl to a woman? What is your definition of a woman? Because I don't know if I'm there yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's totally fine. Because, you know, like society, um, to give you like a at large, um, society sometimes define us as a woman when, uh, you know, either when you get get your period or in some cultures when you turn 15 or um, when you get married, you know, like what when did you get from girl that little girl to a woman and you know sometimes like you can be like in your 30s and your 20s and your 40s and you don't feel like a woman yet like the 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 woman that achieves everything you know the typical society uh definition of uh, someone that has it together um i think that happened twice for me once before cancer and once after um yeah, remember when I told you, like, at 27, I was at my peak, everything was yeah. going, like, uh, I felt like. You felt like you made it. Oh, my God, yes. You know, the the whole Sex in the City thing? Mm-hmm. You had it like, together. Okay, that's it. I, oh, yes. Oh, I'm a Carrie Bradshaw. In my head, at 27, I was like, you know what? I could be the fifth member. I'm there. This is it. Life is great. And then, well, cancer happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, five years later, I think I'm starting to get back there. But it's different. The, the, um, the definition that I had before is not the same anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, again, thanks to cancer, everything changes your life perspective, your, the, the image you have in your head for yourself, uh, your expectations, everything. Um, and this is why I'm grateful for this, uh, 
adventure is as bad and dreadful and terrible and scary as it was, it made me realize what was important to me, like really important to me. It took away everything for me, everything, even my boobs. It took away everything for me. It's true. So when you're stripped down to your bare minimum and you have to reconstruct yourself again, now you get to choose who you want to be and how you want to live. And I had that opportunity and I'm so grateful that it happened to me because now the only vision and um, the only person I can become is the one I want to become, not what what's expected of me or what mm-hmm. society or my family or anyone expects of me. So I think now that I'm in remission, I have time to reconstruct myself, to build myself up again and to be that person that I and only I want. Amen. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Thank you, Stephanie. Yeah. My thank pleasure. you so much for sharing. Like I'm speechless. I don't even know what to say because this was an amazing <laughs> No, seriously, it's an amazing interview. And you're so genuine and like you full of life. Full of life. There you go. Oh, With the capital you. L. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yes. Thanks to you. <laughs> Um, you mentioned you have a YouTube channel. Do you want to tell us where we can find you? Yeah, I mean, I haven't posted in so long, but it's called Jeune Noir et Cancer in French. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, I was basically doing it for me because I just wanted to um, have something to remember. Like, I, I wanted some, I wanted to come back. I think the promise that I made to myself without really knowing it, but I think subconsciously, I just wanted to film everything that I could and then go back to it when I would be cured or healthy or, you know, maybe 10 years later with my family and just sit, sit back and watch it with my, my child or mm-hmm. my daughter if I have one. And yeah, I think that was the point. So I didn't do any promos or any, it was basically just, an open journal for whoever wanted to see, you know, mm-hmm. like very informal, very just little clips of me doing this, doing that, going through chemo, shaving my head, you know, those milestones. So yeah, it's called Genoa Cancer. And you want to so, give us your, your Instagram if you want, so we can share it with uh, our listeners. Yes, it's Funky Steph Ooh. or Stephanie Alexander Joseph in one word. And um, I also have the hashtag Glamorous True Cancer that I created while I was going through cancer. So you can find me under that. Great. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>
uh, like she said, because she was young, mm-hmm. they didn't want they didn't want her to do the 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 echo. Yeah, but the mammography. The ma- thank you, the mammography. And but it doesn't mean anything. She said there was a twenty one year old girl. Exactly, that was so shocking. And I'm so happy because that can like you know give a not a perspective, but it can well yeah it can open eyes to older women and younger and mid women, so we can all you know take that step. To whenever you go see your um, family doctor to have your uh, yearly appointment, ask him about it, like just to make sure. And you know, there's videos on YouTube uh, about how to do your own. I forgot the, the exact term, but to examine your own boob. Mm-hmm. And if you're concerned, like you know, try do it. Uh, ask a friend. Uh, go, like I said, ask your doctor. Like, oh, is that okay? And from the moment you have a concern, like go check it out. Mm-hmm. You know. It's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, it's true. And you know, um, the reason why, like, she's so happy too, like we said, she lived a nearly death experience. Mm -hmm. Like she said, he said, the doctor said, if this doesn't work, and he didn't finish his sentence. Yeah. If this doesn't work, it's the end, you know? Yeah. So it's like. So it was faced, it's, it's a good way to see, like, Whatever we're going through right now, like our little stress, our little problems are not, it's not the end of the world. No. We've gone through worse. Mm -hmm. People have gone through worse and they've survived, literally survived. So it's a good way of putting into perspective, like life, your goals, who you are and who you want to be for real. There you go. I really like this interview for you. It was uh, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. That's the way. So, uh, where can they find us? You guys can find us on Instagram at girls to women podcast. Yeah, or our email at girls to women podcast at gmail.com. Facebook, girls to women podcast. And Twitter, girls underscore to women. Yes, so thank you guys. See you next week. Bye.